Scrap Busters owner Bill Wild would like to thank all of Wayne County for 25 years of support. So who comes into Scrap Busters? Anybody that wants to save money. What we offer is a low-cost option for people to fix their cars and keep them on the road. You know, our customers have a blast when they come to Scrap Busters. It's very easy, it's safe, it's clean, and you can save a lot of money. And we just want to tell everybody we appreciate their loyalty and their business. Bill Wild and Scrap Busters, serving the community for 25 years. Hello and welcome back. And uh, joining me, we're in his uh, workspace in Corktown, is Eric Yelsma, uh, founder and uh, uh, owner and uh, head bathroom washer at Detroit Denim. Uh, thanks for joining us. Oh, you bet. My pleasure. So, uh, what is Detroit Denim? Uh, well, we are a jean manufacturer located, like you said, here in, uh, in Detroit, uh, We where we make uh, everything here, uh, primarily jeans, biggest thing we do. We do a lot of other uh, accessories that go along with that, uh, belts, bags, aprons, a few things, but really our, our core product and, and everything we really focus on is the down, is the jeans. Mm-hmm. So just a, a small showing, sewing shop, rather, uh, here in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you uh, decide to start a, a jean-making business, a denim-making <laughs> business, and uh, not only doing it in Detroit, but doing it domestically? You know, um, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to answer, and, every, and when I do get asked that, I always give a, a different answer because it's, it's hard to sort of nail down when it started and, and how it started. Sure. This, this is a very long time coming type thing for me. But, um, you know, we, we've been here in this location about two and a half years now, but prior to that... Uh, I guess way prior to that, I, w- I had a corporate job. I, you know, I was a sales and marketing guy, and um, that that ended kind of abruptly. Uh, one day, they they did away with the division I was in, and it was kind of a, a matter of what do I do next. Mm-hmm. And I had been, uh, I guess, have, using or, or jeans were a hobby of mine, and it started with just trying to make a pair of jeans for myself, mm-hmm. you know, which is not really a very uncommon story for for anyone you know doing what what I'm doing. And uh, but it was something. It was, it was rewarding. It was it was um, it was kind of fun, and it, it just grew a little bit more and more obsessive. And I I fought doing this for about two years. <laughs> I mean, for everything you said, you know, making apparel in in the U.S. is is very uncommon mm-hmm. and doesn't make a lot of sense. But it was it was just something I wanted desperately to do, mm-hmm. and uh, it was. Uh, not not for economic reasons, but just I wanted to do it, and thankfully I had seen a number of examples of other business, other jeans companies that are, have done it already. You know, mm-hmm. kind of led the way, or, or you know, they could do it, I could do it, and it just so happened I'm here in Detroit. I wanted to do it here, and I also wanted to do it in a way that um, I would want to buy jeans from a, a place like what I was building. Sure. So, so yeah, I finally, I, I hit this sort of a moment of enlightenment where I decided if I don't do it, I'll regret it. Mm-hmm. And if I do it and it's, it's a huge failure and I'm a laughing stock, I, I don't have any regrets. Right. You know, I'll, I'll live, I'll survive. So uh, that, was, that was kind of the, the tipping point for me. And then I spent um, basically every, everything I could, everything I had and everything I could get a hold of to get all the machines, which took about a year to do. And then got serious about the patterns and, and materials and, and everything that um, I wanted to have to, to start the business. And so, flashback about three years, I had all these machines in my 
in my garage in my basement, which is not a, not a great place to have them. And you know, kind of quickly outgrew that, mm -hmm. and doesn't really set up an optimal uh, production space. More of like a, a laboratory. Right. And then, um, so I found Corktown. I met with uh, Phil, the owner here, and um, that's, that's Phil Cooley, right? Phil Cooley. Yeah. yeah. And it, you know, thankfully there was already an, another apparel business here, the Empowerment Plan, and it was it was real complimentary fit to bring in sure. another uh, you know apparel business and um, you know who doesn't like jeans it's got a, a very w wide broad appeal and you know let alone to make jeans here in Detroit even better so moved in here and um, you know haven't looked back since mm -hmm. yeah. um, well I kind of pivot a little bit to to the product themselves what what is unique about your jeans and what are some of the other products you guys are making um, well, well, the jeans are, um, I consider them quite unique, but uh, not completely unique from other, you know, other American sure. manufacturers making uh, jeans here. So, you know, the, the, the most obvious thing is that all the materials we use are U.S. supply. Okay. So that means the denim, the hardware, the thread, everything that goes into the jean is Was that difficult to, to source all that stuff? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, not impossible. Talk, talk about a little bit about but, that, but. but not easy. Sure, um, you know there's there's fewer and fewer suppliers of material, and let's just say denim, for instance. There's really only one place left in the U.S. It's in North Carolina, Cone Mills, that supplies the denim that we use for our jeans. And so there's a few U.S. denim mills left, but this is the one that supplies what's called selvage denim which is what we use for, for the jeans. So that's another unique thing is the type of denim. And um, What does salvage denim so, mean? Well, it's, it's made on an old, the older traditional mills, mm -hmm. which uh, aren't as fast, uh, aren't as efficient as uh, you know, contemporary mills are, which are called like projectile mills, which are, sure. are fast and much wider. You get a 60-inch width of fabric that's probably produced at twice the speed as one of these old mills. But what we get with the older denim mill is a, kind of a richer, just a better overall denim. Mm -hmm. And they call it selvage because the edges of the denim are actually finished. So it's not like that rough frayed uh, edge of a fabric, which you'd expect to see. It's actually finished, and there's usually a little stripe of color or something in there, which um, I used to have to help um, show which jeans uh, company went to like Levi's had a color oh, that's Wrangler true. had a color yeah, yeah, Lee, sure. Lee jeans had a color I think Levi was red Wrangler was green and, and Lee jeans were yellow mm -hmm. so they would that would sort of differentiate what denim went where from the mill mm -hmm. so um, we get it from Coney so any U.S. selvage that you would get comes from that one mill and um, it's it's fantastic denim so you know little things like that it's it's much more expensive as, as you would expect mm -hmm. A uh, little, little harder to get, but um, it's just a much nicer product, mm -hmm. and it's better to work with, and it wears much nicer, much more nicely, and um, you know, shows the contrast. And it's just, you know, why we're doing it here, we're doing everything the right way. It's just obvious that you use the the best item you could. Mm -hmm. So, and, and you're not limited to just jeans, right? There are other other products a, a few other products yeah you know we it's it's funny we always get pulled away into different things we're working on uh, uh, a number of bags uh, for people usually special projects we'll do some uh, nice bags uh, canvas or even wax canvas and, and leather uh, we also do aprons we do quite a few aprons for um, 
restaurants, coffee shops, and, and the like. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've, I've stayed away from any other type of apparel just for the fact that jeans are pretty complex. And, you know, we we got our hands full just making right. enough jeans. We don't need to work on any other, you know, pieces of apparel. So when you, when you first started getting interested in this as, as kind of a hobby where you're trying to make your own jeans, what specifically was Was it just the challenge of making them or is there something about, <laughs> like, you could not get the pair of jeans you had in your mind? Uh, there, there's actually a story about that. Oh, well. And um, I'll, I'll keep it short, but, you know, I, I purchased a pair of really nice jeans a long time ago and when I was over in Europe. I was in Holland. Okay. I bought a pair of diesel jeans. And I can remember um, being offended at how expensive they were. Mm-hmm. and not understanding why and then I tried them on and then I kind of got it and I bought the jeans and I was sick about it for about two weeks but I wore those jeans for years Right. and um, they were my favorite jeans and so much so that you know over the, the course of time I had brought them to my tailor pro- at least ten times to get repaired mm-hmm. they were just threadbare just paper thin and uh, finally my the tailor said I'm not going to fix your jeans anymore don't ever bring them back <laughs> And um, so I asked her if she'd make me a pair. Like, I want a pair just like these. Right. And she said, it can't be done. She said, buy a, buy a new pair and we'll alter them, but we can't make jeans. And right. so that, that kind of led the, I don't know, kind of like a little challenge or like, let's see if we can make them. And, you know, I was aware of other people making jeans. Mm-hmm. And I thought, why, why aren't we? Why can't we? So mm-hmm. that, that's what started the whole thing off. It's, it's funny because I actually have that pair of jeans still here. I, I bring them out and show people once in a while. And um, they're just the, the most raggedy pair of jeans you can imagine. Right. But uh, that, that's kind of what started it, you know, just one, one pair of old jeans. Is that, do you think there's a, a, a trend maybe in apparel towards that sort of, you know, kind of value product that's more expensive, but you're, oh, you're yeah. going to get something Absolutely. really better for it? Yeah, and, and I didn't know what to expect or if people would appreciate that. Of, well, I'm, I'm willing to spend more on this, but I'm going to wear it longer. It's going to look nicer. And and there's a lot of other, I know, less tangible things. Like, I know the person who made it. I know where it came from. I know, you know, everything about it's socially responsible. I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty good story and all. But I see that a lot. And I didn't expect to see it from... I guess the the breadth of people that that I see it from. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like young, you know, twenty some, thirty some year olds, you know, with some sort of social conscience. Right. It's, it's everyone, you mm-hmm. know, old, young. It doesn't even matter the socioeconomic, you know, range. Where, where are you? Uh, where where are your products being sold? Uh, mostly right here. Okay. By by and large, the most get sold right here at the shop. People just kind of come in, and, <laughs> right? You know, and, and it's nice because we can fit them and, and really you know, dial in and, mm-hmm. you know, a, a nice pair of jeans for them. But we've got a few places in Detroit we we sell, and then the the rest are online. Okay. We do um, we do pretty decent online, which I didn't expect either because of you know fit issues. Right. But. Um, I also come to find, you know, people that are really into denim and, and have that appreciation, they um, they know the fit, the style, the cut that, um, that they want. And we provide pretty detailed uh, measurements of the jeans. So it's not just your waist. You can go online and you can see what's the, the rise, the lower leg opening, the knee. Yeah, it seems like generally the idea of buying a pair of blue jeans is not, you know, inseam and waist anymore. There's like no. 15 million variables. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, we can make it as simple as you want with right. the, the waste and inseam. And, and a lot of people just give us the waste. And, like, our inseam is always long. Mm -hmm. But some people really want to dial in for every little last measurement, which is a nice thing to be able to offer. Sure. So in terms of, of getting this started up and, and getting the space and the equipment, how did that process work for you? Um, well, first you need machines, and it takes takes about eight machines, eight different unique machines okay. to um, make a pair of jeans. So it's not like you just sit down with a, some denim at one machine and then you're done. Mm -hmm. So you've got a whole host of different procedures, stitches going on. Right. And so really it's it's a matter of getting all those machines. So, mm -hmm. you know, you look at you look at our shop and I, I joke that it's a museum because of uh, the machines that are in there, but, you know, some are over 100 years old. So, mm -hmm. and they've come from everywhere. From, Miami, Dallas, North Carolina, Detroit, Toledo, uh, Ohio, other Columbus, like you know, it was a year-long process. So it's just everything. like scouring, uh, yeah, online listings and everything. Things. Yeah, you know, there's there's a few few really large dealers left. There's some local people that you know, you never know what's gonna show up. You know, it's, it's a real kind of hit or miss thing. But you know what to look for, and you look hard enough, it'll eventually. It'll, It'll pop up. You know, one machine I got out of Ohio, like an Amish country, <laughs> um, I had looked several months for, and this was the only machine that I could find anywhere in the entire country that was available. Right. You know, and so I drove down, and you know, this guy was out in the country, and he, he had it, and I bought it. So, you know, kind of kind of fun that way, too. A little adventure. And, and uh, how, how did you finance the adventure? Uh, <laughs> I've I've been very thrifty. Okay. You know, I, I, sure. And I've taken um, uh, every cent I have. It's all personally financed. Okay. And, um, and it's over the course of time, but you know, this is something I really badly wanted to do, and I was willing to pay that price. Mm -hmm. So. You know. I mentioned it must be something of a challenge to find employees, just because mm -hmm. the whole textile and apparel industry has virtually disappeared. It's non-existent. Yeah. Um, so how does that work out for you? That's that's our number one challenge. Mm -hmm. That's producing enough genes because we, we have the demand. We have there's that appreciation for what we're doing, but the hardest thing is making enough genes, and we need sewers for that. And you know, to go to a, like a modern day apparel manufacturing site, you would see all these machines and everyone on a machine working. And we don't have that. We're more of like a craft shop, and there, there's a lot of differences in a modern day place versus what we do. Anyway, but you know, we need more bodies on those machines, and they have to be skilled sewers. Mm -hmm. So um, it's hard. It's it's very hard, and, and um, there's not a, a pool available of skilled sewers. But the next thing is available. There are, is a pool of people wanting to work. Sure. And so that's that's what our plan is, and we're working on now is to uh, start a training program, a six month training program, where someone can come on board and. And learn the very basics, you know, how to handle you know simple straight stitch machine and how to maintain it, and then just kind of keep working up from there. Because, I mean, it takes. I mean, you have to really have your wherewithal about you anyway. But it takes a good six months to understand the basics before you can start doing a pair of jeans, <laughs> and then um, even more time and skill from there to get really good at it. You know, mm -hmm. it's you need a couple of years under your belt to get good at it. So it's, it's really a true craft. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and as you brought people in, I mean, they 
I mean, long learning curve, sure, but yeah. have they gotten the hang of it as they go along, or sure. is it uh, some yeah. more than others? Yeah. Okay, yeah, just I guess that's something just like, like yeah. is it is it something the special kind of person needs to do, or are you finding more, you know, um, someone with the commitment can do it? I, I would think, yeah, you you need to be a good problem yeah. solver and, and have a lot of ability to reason and, and you know figure things out as you go. You know, every, every pair is, is a challenge, but um, it's it's not impossible. But it's you're gonna be pretty sharp, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and good with your hands and, and persistent. And, um, you know, the, the detail is very important too. That's that's the one thing. That's probably our second thing that that I want to push or second most second highest priority for us is I just want to get better. Like, mm -hmm. I want these jeans. They have they have to be perfect. Kind of random, but what, what's the timeline from sort of bolt of fabric to finished jeans? How long does that take? Uh, it takes probably three to three and a half hours now to do a pair of jeans. That seems actually pretty quick. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, if you're, if that's that's pants. That's, jeans are pretty complex. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's, there's 28 pieces to a pair of jeans, and they each one has to be done in a certain order and put the, Put together very specifically and, and accurately, so it's it's no easy task, but it's um, it's a rewarding thing. And um, if you look at some of the like you can go on YouTube and see these videos, or you know, like a, a big jeans manufacturing place with hundreds of people, and you know just it's all about numbers. They'll they can do a pair of jeans in about 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of automated machinery, and like you know, some guy was I was watching is just doing pockets and just feeding this machine pockets all day you know and that's that's not what we do like each pocket is is hand placed and, and you know put very specifically on do you think this kind of domestic uh, apparel manufacturing it, it seems like as a as sort of a craft business it works do, do you see it being able to, to scale back up to something more broad based Absolutely. You know, I, I don't think it would ever be back to where it was. Sure. And it'll it'll probably grow to where it finds that point of, you know, the people that want and appreciate and, and uh, enjoy stuff like this, you know, sort of that supply and demand thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't think it's ever going to, you know, people like their Walmart and their $3, $4 crappy t-shirt, and it falls apart, just go buy another one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I not my ideal model <laughs> you know it, 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 there's there's a lot of flaws in, in that but um, you know a lot of people don't see behind beyond well the shirt's three dollars right but yeah it's, it's definitely I think going to grow and, and hopefully find you know some sort of equilibrium and um, you know I, I think it's a great thing to, to bring back mm -hmm. the, the manufacturing the, you know the bringing people to work doing doing something that's high skilled it's you know it's, it's a good thing um, how, how has it been as a business uh, operating in Detroit? Are there any, any spe not necessarily apparel, but just being a business yeah. in Detroit, any specific challenges, any, any pleasant surprises? Yeah, well, you know, I've, I've told some people that, and I, I believe I, I could not have done this anywhere else. Okay. It, you know, I'm, um, I'm, I'm from here, and I, but I could not have gone to Chicago, I could not have gone to New York or, or anywhere else with, um, without a huge checkbook and without jumping through a lot of hoops. So, um, you know, it was really nice to just be able to, you know, look and find that spot that fit 
and, and set up shop and start, you know, making jeans. There are some there are some challenges uh, otherwise, but um, you know, the, but you know, being able to do it here has been great. And you know, the other thing it's 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 I guess hard to sort of quantify, but it's just, I think the people in the community here has been helpful too. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I work in a space where we we've, we've collaborated very frequently with other you know, other businesses here. You know, like we do belts, for example. Right. And and those are those are those are fantastic. And you know, the willingness to help people and, and be helped and pitch in and you know, it's it's a special place. And, you know, I, I think there's a kind of a I don't know what you call it, soul or groove or grit or something here that, that I don't I don't see anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And so that that makes a difference in what we do. And uh, moving forward, uh, in terms of maybe growth or expansion, or are you kind of happy, kind of keeping it oh, no. long term? No, no, I have uh, I have very specific goals and vision for uh, you know where we're going to be, and, and my one goal is to outgrow this space sure. and, and have our own own spot, and you know we want to employ uh, probably 15 to 20 people, mm -hmm. and and have a real you know thriving niche. You know, jeans business. Uh, so, my, my last question for you: If someone were to open a, 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 a business that would complement Detroit denim, t-shirts or shoes, or, or is there is there a complementary business that someone else needs to start that would be? Yeah. Oh, sure. That you see. You know, um, the and I, I won't spend too long being the, the dead horse of, of t-shirts, but no one makes a t-shirt here, and everyone everyone buys a t-shirt, an right. American Apparel t-shirts, and then throws you know some sort of Iconic graphic on it, and thinks that they're, uh, you know, they're Detroit. But I, I would love to see someone actually make something and make a good T-shirt. We could do that. We could make an incredible shirt. So, or a nice button-down. Huge demand. I have so many customers asking me, like, where can I get a good shirt? And so, you know, and, and I've had I've had people approach me, and um, you know, I'll, I will help and support or do whatever I can to get someone else to. Do more stuff, to do. but yeah, make a jacket, make a shirt, make a T-shirt, you know, make underwear, do something. Great. Well, uh, thanks for uh, sitting down with us, and uh, good luck moving forward. Oh, you bet. Thank you. All right. Take care.